penis. It sounds like <laughs> something you, you you land on when you're skateboarding. It does. Oh, I hit my penis. Don't you don't want to like? There's nothing that rhymes really well with perineum, so I think that's <laughs> appropriate. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Hello and welcome to Geek Camp, the home of general RPG content and tomfoolery out the wazoo. I'm your host, Zach, and I've got my co-host with me, John Christian. Hello and welcome, and Excelsior. <clears throat> and then we've got uh, Mayor Fort Wayne, Troy Sandlin. Hey, yo. I don't. What's going on? Is there on? anything else that's coming with that? That's cool. No, uh, <clears throat> that is a lead-in to my news story for today. Oh, okay, cool. Um, okay. Yeah. I was trying to figure <laughs> out the purpose of that one. I was like, uh, for for uh, it, make it's, it as it's, awkward it's, as possible. That's cool. No, it's, it's gaming adjacent. Bear Droid guessed it. <clears throat> Scott, oh, Hall passed, okay. Scott Hall. Scott Hall passed away. Oh yesterday. yeah. Okay. Oh my god. Yes. That was mm. that was hard. Really it's, it's only gaming adjacent, though, because you have a history on this because show. I love, I love that Professor is true. Wrestling. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, Razor Ramon was an awesome, awesome character. Scott Hall was a cool dude. Um, mm. So, mm. well, rest in peace. Uh, well, that's a great way to start off a show. Uh, <laughs> I know. I had, you know, I just wanted to get out there. That's right. Fair enough. Uh, well, here, let me uh, let me give drop my news on it uh, on you guys while we're here uh, today, uh, Tuesday, the 15th uh, call of the Netherdeep. That's what it's called, right? Yeah. Call of the Netherdeep, yep. the critical role adventure campaign dropped on D&D Beyond. I have uh, dipped my toe into it a little bit uh, this evening. Um, and it's got some interesting stuff in it. I have I can't say anything about the adventure like. And I wouldn't probably say yeah. much in that way. Um, and we won't, we're not, we are doing paladins tonight. We're not doing a deep dive into <laughs> another deep yes. I thought we were doing bards again. Oh, bards, <laughs> part two. That's right. Yeah. Bards uh, two. Uh, but there's some, there's some, inter- there's some things that have caught my eye already. And oh, I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'll, I'm curious enough that I'm going to definitely like stick my nose into this one. Um, the thing that uh, I, I, I won't, I'm not going to get into this, right? But one thing that I did like was right out the gate, I always flip to the back of the book and look at the monsters and the creature. And um, this has a substantial part of the new uh, stat blocks are divided into monastics of the Cobalt Soul with three different stat blocks, occultists of the Vermilion Dream with three different stat blocks, and Mm -hmm. scholars of All Sight with three different stat blocks. So I love the idea of clustering factions and making multiple stat blocks for this for different factions that's cool um so two thumbs up um it's uh that 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 was a excitement for me um more than that i can't say but and the real excitement is the flow chart (laughs) you mean the straight line (laughs) straight line (laughs) for whatever reason zach and i cannot see it yeah the sites and i can't you're not missing anything it's a straight line it's a a straight line chapter (laughs) by chapter literally a straight line Uh, 
Yes. Uh, yeah, and Ulysses is saying that the uh, Call of the Netherdeep was announced as the new alternate campaign for AL. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you are interested in it, but you haven't bought the book yet, um, the campaign does not start at level one. It starts at level three, mm-hmm. at least in the book. Um, and you, they have a adventure um, in uh, the first uh, the Wild Mount Wild Mount book. Uh, that will get you from one to three, and will serve mm-hmm. as kind of the the intro. So, yeah. and, and that, I believe that is the one um, that is being ran at the virtual weekends to start with. It is. Yep. The, uh, we just got the the announcement came up this uh, this afternoon, I think. Yes, 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 yes. And it's hmm. one of it's one of the one of the starting adventures in Wildmount because there's like I believe three or four. Mm-hmm. Um, Frozen Sick is the name of the adventure, and actually. Uh, when I got to play test uh, Wild Mount, that is the adventure that I was assigned and and ran through. And it's actually really cool. I enjoyed it. Enjoyed it a lot. So interesting. Interesting. I could have swore John and I were just talking about this. No, mm-hmm. it's called Unwelcome Spirits. That's the one. It's not Frozen Sick that, that oh. this one runs into. It's the other one called Unwelcome Spirits. Just as a point of note, not a big deal. Well, so um, in, in the email that I got, it says Frozen Sick is indeed part of this new campaign. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, when we do our deep dive, if we do a deep dive, we'll <laughs> compare notes and see which one of those is actually the most accurate. So, because, uh, yeah, the book definitely says I'm Welcome Spirits, but who knows? Whatever. Uh, all right. That was our – John, did you have any news before we move on here? I don't. That's the, that's the big big item today. I'm ready to get into Paladins personally. That's right. It's all past right, well, due. Let's do it. Uh, all right. So holy crap. It's been a while since we have done no one pun of intended. these. Yeah, holy crap. Uh, mm-hmm. It's been a while since we've done one of these class discussions. Yeah, um, but Paladins has been on our docket for a while. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so so – I had an idea, so I'm going to pitch this to you guys. On your, let's do it. How, how would you rather do this? Would you rather do give paladins the class as is, grading on a curve? Mm. Do you want to give it a letter grade, or do you want to give it a a placement first, second, third, fourth, twelfth place in the scale, the hierarchy of of five oh, E classes? Mm. <clears throat> Oh man, that's gonna be. I think that it would be easier for us to do a grade scale because I'd have to like mentally compare everything again. Yeah, well, let's do that for tonight. Let's, let's push Paladins let's off for another week and let's 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 do let's back, grade the twelve plus. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> kick, yeah. Kick do the letter grade. Can, kick the Paladin yeah. can down the road yet that's again. Right. That's right. No. Uh, yeah. What do we think? Um, let's do the letter grade. That 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 does make more sense on a curve. On a curve. Okay. So paladin okay, so for me for paladin, there are really there are two pieces to it. There's paladin as a f- like a flavor thing that I like to play just because of what it is. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other part of it that's like more of the mechanical bits and pieces of it. So I I'll take I'll give two grades and I'll kind of put together a, a mental average of the two. How's yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh let's see. So for flavor, man, I love paladins. They rank up there with clerics for me. I don't know what it is about like the divine classes that are just like, I like playing heroic characters. I like yeah. characters that struggle with their heroism. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't, not necessarily like anti-heroes or broken heroes or anything like that, but they struggle with their own morals sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, like whenever they're, whenever yes. they're confronted by the moral, the moral gray, it's like whenever Superman is written well, 
You know, mm. when Superman has like the difficult moral choice, his moral compass is always supposed to be true north and it's supposed to be paramount to all the other superheroes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Paladin is li- a-, a lot like that for me too. So if I had to choose between Paladin and Cleric, I only choose, uh, man, it's, that's, a, that's a horse race right there. I'd say Paladin's going to be like a B plus mm. to the Cleric's A. Mm. Uh, mechanically, oh. oh man, the fifth edition Paladin, I kind of still don't get it brutal it's tough like i don't feel like i feel like i have to kind of like marry it up with something else in order for it to work the way that i kind of want it to a lot of the time Mm. Uh, and i don't know i don't know exactly where that it probably comes from a video game thing actually Mm. because one of my favorite paladins to play ever is from final fantasy 11 and uh Mm. well what are you gonna do uh but i'll give more detail into it than that i don't want to i don't want to hog too much take up too much time here with the grading, but uh, from a like a scale, I'd give it like a C on mechanics. I know some people really love like the smite paladins, where they just smite, 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 and they're super effective and they're great. But like for me, that's not what I'm yeah. really ultimately looking for in a paladin a lot of the time. So I lean heavily on role playing the paladin, and then I'm just like, yes. I'm I am fully aware of how ineffective I am in combat as a mm. as a result of my ineptitude at trying to figure this thing out mechanically. It's just, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want it to min max it. I don't want to game it game mm. theory it too much. I know yeah. that there are a lot of people out there that have like, this is the build that you always want to play as a paladin. I'm like, God, I don't want to do yeah. that. I don't want to play everybody else's paladin. I want one that's speaks to me. So anyway, I think the closest thing mechanically that I've come to that I really liked about paladins is probably the oath of conquest. Yeah. Oath of conquest mechanically. Awesome. Mechanically, right? Not flavor wise, even though I really, really love the Oath of Conquest because I always play that one like Judge Dread. I am the law. You know, the law is divine kind of thing. So, are you, what's your, so what's your grade? Let's keep you on track. Sorry. There is a grading system in this. I'll go overall, I'm going to go B minus would be kind of the in between B to C kind of thing there. So, B minus. I'll, 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 Piggy, not I won't give my grade yet. I'll let Troy do it, but I'll piggyback on your Oath of Conquest. There's a really fun build from a flavor perspective, not from a mm-hmm. mechanic perspective, but the Oath of Conquest, there's a really fun pairing actually with Dragonborn because they have some racial feats that also inspire, that play with fear. Mm-hmm. And the idea that like anytime a creature is frightened of you, they are all, like, I'm not going to get it right, so I'm not going to try. But if you look into the racial feats in Xanathar's with a Dragonborn, and the Paladin Oath of Conquest, there's a really fun combination there that feels cool. It's mm-hmm. not it's maybe not the most powerful build, but it feels like they were made for each other. So uh, that's um, fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Anyhow, Troy, what you got? Okay. Well, since you sprung this on us, I'm going to what I'm gonna say is uh, if I were to give, say, the champion fighter an A. <laughs> God. <laughs> no, not, uh, not Troy. Uh, no, just, I w- what? What? I was gonna say, like, I know maybe in your school things were a bit different, but A's <laughs> are the high end of He's things. Like, oh, I don't know what you oh. were told, but whoa, yeah, yeah. Oh. whoa. Zach wanted to get kicked in the tennis. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no callback. Um, call I would I would probably I'm, I'm not going to go into, into the lengthy 
uh, discussion as, as as John did, I think I would give mm. it probably for for mechanics because I do enjoy the mechanics of the Paladin. But the fact that there is so much to chew on as far as role playing, I'm going to give it an A minus. A minus. All right. So we got a B minus and an A minus. Mm. Oh, awesome. Okay. Well. I can do mine really fast. Uh, this is a tier two class for me. It's not a tier one, but it's mm-hmm. it's up there. I think um, at least bards and wizards are more compelling for me, but there's not a lot of classes that are above that. And bard isn't compelling after fifth level. So it, there's there's actually a very narrow window, window of classes above the paladin for me as far as interest level. So mm-hmm. I would give it like a B. So I think we're going to end up floating around a B to B plus as our, as the geeks can't official letter grade for mm-hmm. the Paladin. Um, Averaging it out. Yeah. Definitely in the top third is what it sounds like to me across all of us. Like we feel like yes. it's in the top third of classes. Um, so I want I thought that maybe that would be a good way to start this discussion is with the communication that, as I kind of suspected of the fit five E classes, we all largely appreciate this class. Mm hmm. Yes. Um, and that's that's a that's a big deal. So you're not going to see a huge amount of disparity from us in our discussion. I don't think from that side of things. Uh, but this episode um, is is really not about breaking down the class, and it's more about imagining the outer boundaries of this class and pushing those boundaries out a bit further and seeing like what can we do with a paladin that is outside the norm or what are some interesting things that maybe are past the surface level, right? Um, Cause there are some cool stuff that you could do. Um, Troy, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, and Ulysses saying, yeah, at lower levels, I'd rather play a cleric. That's a great point. I'll, mm-hmm. I want to draw attention to that. I think clerics are funner at low levels and then yes. Paladin catches up and is cool. Like you said, Ulysses at six level and above when they start to get auras and things, Paladins mm-hmm. start to kind of come into their own, but clerics are cool from the very beginning. <clears throat> Anyhow, Troy, what, what are some things that come to mind when you're thinking about the Paladin and ways to shake it up or different ways to look at it? Uh, well, oddly enough, Paladin is one of those classes that, that I go traditional. Ooh. I be just because there is there is that ability and, and that callback to you know a knightly order you, you've had a calling of some sort you're there to serve um, I like to play a paladin you know on along the lines of Steve Rogers mm. you know Captain America type idea uh, maybe a little bit of Superman kind of a thing Um <laughs> Not not so much uh, the kind that's like, oh, the the rogue has to sneak around the paladin kind of a kind of an idea, because mm-hmm. that gets a little bit ugh, mm-hmm. tiresome. Um, but you know, he he's there to do to do what's right. Um, if if he's an intelligent paladin, then he's like he knows he's the big hammer, mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Um, I don't know. There's just something about that classic paladin. I've always been, I've always been that, you know, paladins are supposed to be good guys. I never was. Well, my, my thing was always a paladin is a good 
holy warrior. That if you is want to be fascinating. We we found our fascination yeah. for this episode. Okay. Um, because I, you you just said you see the paladin as the good guy, right? Yes. I see him as the 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 person who uh, 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 distributes law, right? So on the spectrum, I am fascinated by lawful neutral paladins. Okay. Like, to me, that's the sweet spot for paladin builds there because I feel like anytime you start adding evil or good into the mix, paladins become, and I, not that it's a problem, I don't, I don't mind that, but you, you are diluting the idea of that they are like these enforcers of whatever law is established in the land or by their god or whatever. I love the idea that that well, it's okay. the yeah. the law by the letter of it. That's cool okay. to me. Now that's um, yeah, because if if you're going on the the law side of the of the, the yeah. alignment, me saying is a good guy. It's not necessarily that he's not he. It's not that he's out there distri- you know enforcing yeah. the law. It's he's I'm here to right wrongs. Yes. Yeah. Not Steve not Rogers. enforce the law. Yeah. He's, I mean, Steve, Steve Rogers, Rogers was on the other side of the law in Civil War. You know, exactly. it's, it's that same he is there to he will uh, my paladins were, would always it's like you know what your laws are unjust mm-hmm. they are mm-hmm. unfair mm-hmm. and they need to be broken and mm-hmm. I have a big hammer that will break them <laughs> that kind, that kind of thing um, yeah so that's that, that's what I like but I also now and I say paladins are good guys period because my thing you know I'm very much like yes it's it's a law versus justice kind of thing. Um, to to John, one of John's points, words are important. Mm-hmm. Paladins are good guys. There are other holy warriors. I just don't call them paladins. Kind of a thing, you know, because five E paladin, any alignment you want. Uh, because I was oh. I was reading Dragon Magazine when the article of the plethora of paladins came out, mm-hmm. low these many years ago, and they had a name. For a paladin of every alignment combination. Oh, that's interesting. I don't think I've read yeah. that. Yeah, I and have. So, yeah, somewhere, somewhere, I saw this, or I saw we. So, that was a discussion point at some point because there was at least three different types of paladins, right? Mm-hmm. I, I know there was a spectrum in there, that article, nine. but there, there was a, there was there nine was in that nine. article. Yeah. But there, but there's three in something. And it's for the three, like, lawful good, lawful neutral, lawful evil. Hmm. Yeah. What are the names, Troy? See how many you can remember. Uh, I've got them right here. Uh, let's see. There is the neutral good, um, uh, Miracon, the chaotic good, Garoth, the lawful neutral lion, the neutral Paramander, the chaotic neutral Thantra, the lawful evil, Illrigger, mm-hmm. and the neutral evil, uh, Arakon or Arakon. Or what well, they're referred to as. I don't know if that was the actual, from the actual uh, article. Taken because, from Dragon Magazine 106. Okay. Because it's been a long time. Because, right? you know, they, a lot, one of the names that they always throw out is, is Blackguard. And everybody mm. pronounces it Blackguard. It's actually Blackguard. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. For those of you that are actually give a crap about that. Um, but yeah, so they, they just had, it was a neat idea and i just kind of like that separation 
that you know paladins are good guys um but there are other holy warriors out there that are just as um tough and mighty as a, a lawful good paladin i also do like to you know every once in a while i'll twist it on its head because i can i kind of consider you know a paladin that runs around and you know is a is a dex based paladin that runs around in leather armor hmm. is it, i find that interesting and i i hmm. play that kind of like assassin's creed because i feel like you know yes he's an assassin but it's also kind of like a holy calling you, you know they're 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 not necessarily doing it for money it's hmm. Instead of instead of going to war, instead of fighting a holy war, which takes up a lot of lives, it's like okay, you know, send this this one person that has the skills to get in and does it in the name of something. Mm-hmm. Kind of a kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. Is an inter- to me is an interesting take on a paladin. Uh it's in uh GUI Cube stuff. By the way, I just it just my light bulb came on. Um Gooey Cube, friend of the show, uh, they call paladins who follow neutral line gods as egalitans. Mm, egalitarians. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. And they they call paladins who follow evil deities deprivants. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. 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 That's cool. yeah. Anyhow, I. It was going to bug me the whole time, so I spent the brain power necessary <laughs> to figure out who I was actually <laughs> referring to. Uh, yeah, I love Deprovance. Deprovance. Yeah, great name. Great name. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So, um, one thing that uh, I was reading recently, if we're pushing the borders of... Um, oh, and Bear Droid has a thing that we should yeah. talk about. But... but um, one of the things that I think that pushes the borders of Paladin a bit more and lets you kind of widen your horizons is um, they have, you know, there's, there's, there's plenty of uh, rules as intended or clarification of rules, um, sage advice out there that says that the Paladin smite ability can be used on any sort of melee attack, even unarmed strikes at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, oh really? Th- okay. That they're really the, the really the only reason that they didn't allow unarmed strikes to do smite damage before was because they felt like it wasn't flavor wise appropriate. But they're like, oh, I totally see that as flavor wise appropriate. Well, personally. and that, they, they kind of said, yeah. yeah, you know, at this point, we're, they said we never were worried about it from a balance standpoint. It's always been balanced. You're always welcome to do it. We just, which is a very fascinating statement because it seems to me like paladins are the one carryover from older sensibilities in D&D to some extent where they still kept a lot of like uh, guidelines for the paladin, right? We still have our our oath and our tenants. Um, and those tenants are very interesting. That's one of the most fascinating things about a paladin archetype is what are they pledging themselves to? Um, they still have that lawful alignment idea, at least for the most part. Um, so there's a lot of fascination there, I think. But, but, but there is some flexibility. I think ranged attacks are still tricky, though, with smite, and they, they haven't they haven't backed that one out. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Which man, that would be, 
Yeah. Range yeah. smites. I think it'd be kind of cool if you had like a certain subclass that was a ranged uh, smite paladin. But there, I mean, there might even be, but. David uh, Barentine, also another friend of the show, in his campaign book, he has a gunslinger paladin that's yes. kind of like a martial archetype. Like from the um, show? Paladin? Yeah. Yeah, uh, gun, your travel beats the heart of a man. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it's called Order of the uh, Order of Cold Steel or Oath of Cold Steel, I think is what it is. Cool. And you can smite, but you can only smite in certain parameters and with your your pistols, basically. That's cool. uh, so anyhow, uh, yeah, it's it's tricky though because smite gets crazy when you can do it at a distance. Um, uh, yeah. Bear Droid was talking about uh, there's also Paladins in Dragon 310, the Chaotic Evil Anti-Paladin, the Neutral Evil Corruptor, um, the Lawful Evil Despot, which is a great, mm-hmm. great word, uh, Chaotic Good Avenger, Neutral Incarnate, Chaotic Neutral Anarch, and Neutral Good Sentinel, and Lawful Neutral Enforcer. Um, some of those I feel like are like... Uh, synonyms, but don't carry the same cool factor, right? Mm. Does that make sense? Like, enforcer for law, lawful neutral. I don't know that I would want to be called an enforcer instead of a paladin. Uh, but that's what you were talking about. You know, they enforce the law. For mm-hmm. sure. For, for sure. I like, just, from your aspect, it's like, yeah, I, th- I think enforcer is a, a really cool kind of sounding name. And neutral good, mm. sentinel, I'm here to protect at all Sentinel costs, is a great, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about you, John? Are there things or aspects of the paladin that you feel like could push the borders of what's what's acceptable there, or things, ways to interpret maybe class abilities in new ways that that make them more interesting for you, and mm-hmm. things like that? Yeah, I'm, I'm with Troy. The I'm more of a traditionalist when it comes to palad- paladins because you know I I've read a bit of Charlemagne whenever I was in high school, which is really the origin the the yeah. the genesis of of paladins as a as a term or as a word at least it's not exactly what uh, it's not even remote it's not a they weren't holy warriors of Charlemagne's but they were the, his like his twelve enforcers the the twelve greatest warriors in his uh, in his employer um, uh, that he led but uh, man I I I love a, like a knightly chivalric order with a good like a code beyond just like three or four sentences yes um it's a it's probably a silly reference but one of like the my favorite things in film references to any kind of a knighthood or a knightly order was actually from dragonheart i loved the knightly code from that a knight is sworn to valor his sword holds only truth or to see his his word knows only truth his sword uh defends the weak or something like that his his heart knows only virtue mm-hmm. those kind of things like there's like this it's almost like the the commandments of the paladin i really love those things now for me flavor not flavor wise but, but mechanically for a paladin um, mm-hmm. i lean towards them being pro- one of the ultimate defenders defender classes and by that i'm not just taking talking about like being able to take a hit and mm-hmm. absorb damage deflect mm-hmm. damage like anything like that i'm talking about their job, to, what I would love, is on the battlefield. Their job is mitigating damage and preventing damage from occurring to other uh, other characters through their martial prowess, and then their divine prowess would be responsible for preventing charms, sleep, 
fear uh-huh. effects, things like that. The, like the supernatural, there would be like a, a dampening field on them that they they radiate this, their righteous, uh, their righteous aura. That's an interesting thing as well. Um, so I've had the pleasure now of having multiple campaigns with a paladin. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Ulysses and Chad has played some of the higher level paladins in my campaigns and have had some others. Um, easily one of the classes that just dominates on the field once those auras get nuts, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, easily the class that brings the party together is mm-hmm. the paladin, right? Because yeah. it's that idea of an aura that always is on and always benefits the party. And the the, the paladin by default with these auras becomes the nexus from which the, the party kind of flows around in a combat, mm-hmm. right? Keeping mm-hmm. within the radius of that aura, the paladin positioning them the, themselves to, to give the aura the best benefit in the best situations, um, which I think is fascinating. And I really like the idea that that aura is, is a visible or at least a recognized mm-hmm. aspect mm-hmm. of the yeah. paladin. It not just like, Oh, we're, we're inspired when we're next to this guy, but like, mm-hmm. It's palpable, not just to your allies, but to everyone. It's, to me, it's 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 that scene from Endgame when Captain America finally says, "Avengers, assemble!" Yeah. And it's like you know that every hero on that side just went, "Oh yeah!" yeah. They, <laughs> it, they just got lit up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like I like the idea of the, one of the things I love about the aura is exactly what you're touching on, Zach, and that's bringing the party together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's and I it, that's why I think whenever I think of like the defensive aspect of it, it's not just the aura itself, but where I would like to see things is like they should be like a master of shields, right? Like using their shield yeah. to to deflect things. Like as long as you're within ten to fifteen feet of a paladin, there's a pretty good chance that you're going to have a be- you're going to have a better chance of not getting hit or him taking the him or her taking the taking the damage or something like that. And so even if it's like um again, going back to Captain America again, use him as the as a really good uh analog for a paladin, using the shield, uh, hurling the shield from fifteen feet away and preventing arrows, thrown hammers, lightning bolts or something like that from hitting somebody, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. as long as you're within that purview, uh, underneath their divine protection, uh then that's uh that's the juice for me, man, because I'm willing to sacrifice combat effectiveness in damage to be able to have that as my part of essentially what the, what they do. So a lot of times when I play a paladin, I always feel like I, I have to dip into two levels of fighter so that I can get things like shield ba- or uh, master of shield, shield master and uh, the protection uh, fighting mm. style and things like that to where it makes me more defense driven. But mm. unfortunately, there's still like you just can't get it in my like what I've got in my head versus what ends up happening in in combat on the field does not happen. It's really mm. really tough to do that. I feel like you'd have to re-engineer the paladin in a way that would be pretty different from what we see right now in order for it to to feel like that. Yeah, well, and 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 I don't know something that you said there, and maybe what chat's saying as well kind of sparked the thought in me. Uh, uh, I think the paladin almost like. I feel like the paladin feels out of place at low levels. Mm. We talked about this a little bit when we talked about Dragonlance, right? And like, oh, you're a knight at first level. What is that? Like, that doesn't feel quite right, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
Um, there's your Dragonlance plug for the for the evening. Um, <laughs> hey, it wasn't me. Uh, that's right. But uh, but I think at low levels, if if I'm thinking about the party, right? I think at low levels, often that tier one, tier two, the face of the party is the rogue or the bard, right? Mm-hmm. That's that seems to be the natural thing, and for good reason. They have high charisma. Mm-hmm. But I think as a campaign progresses, especially campaigns, not one-offs and things like that. If you got a paladin in the party, I think it's, from my experience, it's very natural for that paladin to eventually come into their own and become the face of the high-level party. Mm. Um, I think there, there's something about, they have just enough charisma, but then there is a an aura, an atmosphere around a paladin that is more respectable and more epic and more awe-inspiring at those higher levels. And so it's this, I I find that to be a very fascinating uh, flow transition point from where the rogues and the bards stop becoming the leader of the party and the, and the paladin kind of comes into their own and the wizard can do that too at high levels um, and other spell casters. But, but, I don't know. I see it happen with the paladins pretty regularly. And see, I see the mm. paladin like across the board being a, le- a leader because uh, they are the, to me at least, they're like the moral compass of the party. Yes. I think that what what Chat's probably getting at, and I think that this is an e- easy uh, equivocation, is that paladins are annoying to the other. They create, they create friction by their moral virtue, right? See, and so I, the, the rogue exactly can't steal. The, the wizard can't shock somebody wizard. with yeah. whatever can't, they can't wizard right they can't wise <laughs> yeah. they can't they can whiz they can't whiz uh yeah. i get that but at the same time i think that really boils down to like anything it's an inter- it's inter- it's like the well, a lot of the people that are the the annoying kenders kender players haha <laughs> dragon lance twice take that twice. uh is uh the people that are annoying kenders are, are the ones that don't think about that as a part of their character makeup that I'm going to make a character that's not a buzzkill. I'm not going to make a character that's going to be an annoyance. They, they should be able to navigate within – it's not even the confines. You've got a, a huge palette to work off yeah. of when you're building a paladin. Yeah. You're building, and like the, to me, Steve Rogers is hilarious because – Again, yeah. I can't believe that we keep yeah. going back to Captain America, but God help me. But well, like, whenever he, he is whenever he cusses, example. when he curses, oh, he everybody thinks it's hilarious. Oh yeah, he's like, he dirties up just a little bit, and it's, it becomes endearing that he does yeah. it. Yep. And he's not well, a it's not a buzzkill thing anymore. It's like, haha, that's funny. You're old, and you 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 know you uh, you follow all the rules. Haha, yeah. hang on, look over there. Yep, the I pro- stabbed the guy when you weren't looking. <laughs> the problem with the problem with it, I think, is I think Colville, patron saint, uh, uh, was talking about this uh, in a recent episode or a recent stream. But like, there's it really there's this. There are things within the game that cause us to that sh- that rattle the foundations of our suspension of disbelief, right? Mm. One of the things that he was talking about was you don't walk back a scene unless you absolutely have to, mm-hmm. because that really messes with everybody's vision if you're yep. if you're walking it back, right? But but in the same way, I think that a paladin being called a paladin at level one and having this moral compass that they, you know, righteous defender and that's how they present themselves kind of shakes that foundation a little bit, right? 
Wait, they're level that. one. They're they're kind of scrawny like the rest of us, and they're pitching. Yeah. So the only natural way in game to 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 patch the the cracks in our foundation is to is to kind of take the piss out of them, right? Like that's mm. the that's the in game answer. Is when like you don't know anything. You're as ignorant as the rest of us. Like you're as inexperienced and inept as the rest of us. And the fact that you have a moral compass, well, that's probably going to break in the next three. You know, before you're level four. That's the 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 in game banter of like you're. This is this is this is nobility born out of ignorance, right? Mm. And this yeah. is virtue born out of uh you know uh having not experienced the truth of the world or whatever. Right. Like well, it may be fair. common that that's the case, but is that really fair? You know, because I don't, if you're, if you're looking at a paladin, let's say you're going to play like the protector or the other protection paladin, they're supposed to be cockeyed optimists, maybe naive, maybe cloistered in their, their, in their training centers, their training centers. And they've been uh, under vigil and read through their holy manuscripts and stuff like that, their entire life. And they've been like, They've been holed away with a particular worldview. That to me is interesting to a paladin for them for that to be challenged whenever it, they come out, and it, it brings the opportunity for for character growth. You, I mean, you could you could play it from that aspect, or you know, there's only I, one of right. To, yeah, there's only one uh, one aspect to come from. Mm-hmm. Like it, it kind of goes back to what we talked about when we talked about Dragonlance. It's very much. Um, you very much are taking story points away from the player and the DM kind of like starting a paladin as a paladin at level one. Cause mm. you know, really they don't become a paladin until they take that oath at, at third level, but completely there's, but there's, there's not nothing. There's not a title. There's not a title. There's not mm. a, anything yeah, to kind of help make that transition feel like a transition. Yeah. You've already okay. gotten and, there, and there's and there's nothing in the rules anymore that say, "Oh, you've got to this level. You want to earn your status I as think, a paladin. You have to go back to the church and present." I think yourself. there's a couple. There's a couple classes in D and D that would serve really well. Now I know it's difficult. I think it would have to be a different title. But I think there are. Um, a couple classes in D and D that would really serve for like a acolyte, then the real thing, you know, mm-hmm. a a pupil for levels one to four, and then at level five you become a wizard, um, a you know an acolyte of the faith, and then at level five you become a paladin. I that maybe that's not a good example, right? But um, there are. Because I think you're right, Troy. I think that there's a storytelling aspect, but there's also I think that if you said at level one, I am an acolyte on my way to becoming a paladin, and I have I have feelings about my the tenants that I am preparing myself for or whatever, that doesn't shake anything. That feels normal right. to be sitting next to a level one bard, a level one fighter, whatever. Yes. But then when you hit that level five and you're like, now I have upgraded to paladin and I have taken my oath. And in two levels, I get an aura. This is someone that has just gotten an upgrade. Mm-hmm. And even if the story doesn't, even if your campaign doesn't quite, you know, you're, you're neck deep in nether deep or some other dungeon. And you don't have time as a party to do like a whole, like, oh, you go to a church or you go to whatever. There is a significance in the feel of it that you have taken on this title now. 
Um, and I feel like it feels earned, whereas before it feels like you claimed something before you've had any chance to earn it. Yes. And and, and that's kind of, to me, that is the one of the issues. And it's a personal thing for me, storytelling thing for me, you know, with what how five, how gaming itself has progressed in, in D&D specifically, because there's it's like they're doing everything they can to take that collaboration away from the player and the DM to build this really cool. I mean, because how cool would that be? Is like, yes, at third level, once you get third level and you have it straight outside the confines of, of the, your, your, whatever your teachings may be, mm-hmm. you can make a trip and you can talk your, you can talk your group into doing it. You go back to your church you do your thing, you go through a, a ritual and you are granted the title of, hmm. and, and now you've unlocked the, you know, I've taken my oath and it's a huge yeah. role playing moment. It's a huge, you know, Oh man, that was so cool. Instead of just like, Oh yeah, I got my oath now. Well, I've done, oath I've done that before. I've done that before in games. Yeah. Though, right. To your, but to you, your point, but like, you've, you, but you've also played through a time when that was part of it. I see what you're saying. So you're you're talking about how the nature of the game has changed, or at least the, the na- maybe, yeah. maybe the narrative of the game has changed a bit in that it's, regard it, yeah. too. Because uh, because now it's all about you know all all the things are right there, and the player is able to take them whenever they wish, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Whereas back in the day, it was you want to you want to increase your ability with your sword, you got to go find a trainer. Mm-hmm. You want to go mm-hmm. get new paladin abilities. You gotta go back to the church. You want to learn a new spell. That's a, that's a good thing to school. kind of. That's like the good thing to kind of do a pit stop into is how do we recommend to DMs or players if you want more of a if you want that feel of something earned. How do you go about doing that outside of just saying, well, you get the title at third and you go under a vigil. What I've done in the past is between levels three and five, I have them start out as a as a a fighter for five levels, and then within that five levels, they part of their the quest that they go upon they go on would be completed within that third or fifth level that would grant them the title of paladin and then they would tr- they would and I, I think I got the original idea from whenever I was in high school playing Final Fantasy 4 because there's a character in there a Cecil who goes to Mount Ordeals and he fights a shadow of himself and becomes but that was a big he, ordeal a shadow knight to uh, what's yeah. that was that a big ordeal it was a big ordeal I uh, I have no idea why where Mount they came is- up with that name it was mountainous. mountainous. Yeah, well, yeah. sure was. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so there was a transfiguration that occurred as a part of it too, where whenever they took upon, it, it was oh. imbued with that divine ability. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a, a martial class, no more. And that's whenever all the divine parts of it came into it. And it's low enough in level to where it's not completely overwhelming the shift. You know, you don't have like all yeah. of the, the, uh, the baggage that, that comes with higher, higher levels and more abilities, spells, and stuff like that to choose from, too. So it was an easy transition for that player. So you, you, you kind of almost treated Paladin as like a, a low-level prestige class. I did. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and yeah. to me, that's what D&D right now is missing, is those prestige-style classes oh, where you have to go and do something to yeah. make it uh, to, to mm-hmm. the next thing. Because I, I love the idea of you want to be a holy warrior? Great. At first level, guess what? You're 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 basically a fighter mm-hmm. until you've proven your worth and you are allowed to take the oath. You know what? Now you're a paladin. Yeah. yeah. And I want I want to 
before we continue, Bear Droid brings yes. up a, a point. Yeah, yeah I like we, this. We, we've mentioned Captain America a few times, but any other uh, alternate fictional characters that we think would make a great template to build a paladin from? And Craig came in. I wasn't even thinking this one, but I think he nailed this. Mm-hmm. Thanos. Mm-hmm. Lawful neutral or lawful. a neutral evil paladin. Yeah. I, I, would think was, I, would, I, I wouldn't say he was lawful. I mean, he had his own code necessarily, but I don't think that he was adhering himself to any other, any external code or, or philosophy. So I would say he's probably, uh, that's me. And that's the, I that's mean, an yeah, alignment it's, argument. It's, I'm it's, sure, it's, but. Yeah. It's, a, it's a one of those. I mean, it's, it's definitely be- between those two lawful, neutral and neutral evil. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good one though. Thing, Cause yeah. it's, yeah, For that's sure. a good, my, my thought, uh, peacemaker, Batman. Yeah. Batman. We're not starting that crap, man. Tyler's not here. He cannot. He cannot. He cannot poke, prod, or troll us into that crap. Why are you doing this for him? Yeah. No, you said peacemaker. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lawful evil. Yeah. No. Lawful neutral. Lawful neutral. We're talking about peacemaker from the the show. Peacemaker from from suicides. I've I've only seen the movie. I've not watched the show yet, so I don't. Okay. Gotcha. But he is. He is Judge Dredd to the next level. Mm. You know, he is, I will do anything for peace. You know, I, I will kill as many men, women, and children as I have to to get it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, because I am driven. And I think as soon as killing men, women, and children came in, that it was immediately put into the evil column. But that's fine. That's fine. We don't have to, we don't have to, we don't have to. I mean, but, but again, he's. I mean, that's what makes him evil to someone else. To me, mm-hmm. an alignment is your personal. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's part of the thing. thing for me, though, is that there's like, in order to be a pal- like, maybe we have to really we have to go back and define paladin a little bit better then, because well, this is one paladin of those typically paladins. is a holy or unholy warrior of some sort, or some like a mystical warrior. There's like some kind of a supernatural mystical element that's incorporated into it, and not just like. You know, Judge Dredd, even though to me, Judge Dredd is the quintessential Oath of Conquest paladin. That's not, I don't really, I wouldn't even constitute him really as a paladin. But you, but again, you're, you're taking the the D&D. What is an alternative uh, fictional character? The only thing you can come, you know, if you're talking. uh, I see what you're saying. My bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So you have to, but yeah, Yeah. Judge Dredd is a paladin of, of law. The law. Yeah. And. To an extent, I think Peacemaker is very much down that same track just for peace. I mean, Judge Dredd will do some heinous stuff mm-hmm. in order to, to, to bring something to law, you know, so, to, to make sure the law is, is upheld. Yeah. But uh, let's see. Who else? Uh, I'll, I'd say Obi-Wan Jedi. Kenobi this would be definitely be a paladin. Obi-Wan can, Kenobi would be. Even Qui-Gon Jinn. Well, uh, and I was gonna I'd probably even say that Aquagon Jin would probably fit better into that as a paladin than even even Ben would, mm-hmm. more than likely. Well, and I was going to toss out Darth Vader as yes. the other end of that, right? Yep, yep. Um, he's you know I think I think to me if I'm gonna if I'm gonna pick from alternate character type, there's I think Darth Vader fills the role in several facets in that he also has the look right, which look is somewhat. You could you can go alternate and say these people don't look like paladins, but their mm-hmm. actions or whatever. But I think Vader has the the anti paladin 
presentation down. He still has the code, mm-hmm. um, but he's also built like a tank and and has an aura. You would you would mm-hmm. say and yeah, yeah, yeah. You could even really. Oh man, I'm gonna, this may be. I may get. I may get flack for this. Robin Hood is really kind of a, is an Avenger paladin to me. Because again, we talked about it before, long, long, long time ago about uh, with Robin Hood's alignment. Robin Hood was only considered chaotic good whenever Richard wasn't around. Mm-hmm. But if you look at it from under under the lens of him, he is a champion of Richard's law, not of the the sheriff's law or the law of the current oh, the, 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 the current that's land. That's fascinating. Yeah, I'd mm-hmm. say that he was a paladin, and that kind of speaks back to like Troy's fascination with the dexterity-based paladin. That's effectively yeah. to me what Robin Hood. I, I understand what people would have either choose yeah. ranger or something that's more like a, 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 t- a typical version of it, just based on like mechanics. But I, that's uh, from an ideological perspective. Hmm. That's where I go with. with oh, Robin Craig, Hood. Craig, you, you, oh. Gordon. You beautiful bastard. You beautiful bastard. <laughs> Gordon more than Batman. I'm with that yes. 100%. Batman, 100%. no. Gordon, yes. 100%. Yeah. Yes. Gordon is Batman's less annoying Superman mm. when it comes to the moral compass. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let me you – know, uh, I, Look, I to me, I, like, I love Superman more personally, but like I can totally see why Gordon serves the same purpose without pissing Batman off the way that Superman does. Well, let me give, uh, let me really give a, threat. a nod here to Ulysses as well, because uh, he pulled out one of my favorite books. Uh, so I've got to give him a nod. But he's uh, he's talking about the judge from McCarthy's Blood Meridian. Mm. Um, Which I haven't read, so I could not comment on. Right. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good... He's a good twisted paladin. That's a... I, I would mm. love... Mm, mm. Yeah. By the way, Ulysses, this is for you. But um, Cormac McCarthy announced two new books coming at the end of this year, uh, which I don't think we've had a new Cormac book in like six or seven years. So that's uh, kind of exciting. Um, that's so. cool. <clears throat> what about uh, let, let's go let's go uh, a, a step down here, as this might this might force us out of one box and into another. Are there any animated movies or like Disney or, or cartoon or in, in various forms that you would say are great paladin archetypes or, or mm. alternative archetypes, ways of looking at things? Oh, crap. That's a tough one. Oh, like, man. You sprung that on me, man. Animated films. Mm-hmm. You must uh, have something in mind. No, no. No, because I'm drawing a complete blank. It's like as soon as you said animated, it was like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know TV. Um animated. Man. Uh you could probably go Vampire Hunter D could be considered a paladin of a sort. Yeah. I don't know about that, how I feel about that. He's more like a, a Ronin, a wandering wandering knight or a knight Mulan. errant kind of thing, Ooh, as opposed to Mulan. Okay, Mulan. I could, probably, I could, maybe I could see that. I don't. I Mulan was more fightery to me though than just like than paladiny. Let me ask you this: Are the transformers, oh especially Optimus Prime, uh, hang on, paladin? Hang on, stop. I, I'm yeah, so yeah. sorry. No, Ulysses wins. Princess Mononoke, total oath of the ancients paladin. Ooh. That is a fantastic uh, example. Yeah, of one. that's great. She is a champion of the natural world. 
a defender of the natural world. She is like the the eco-terrorist version of a paladin, and mm. deliciously so. I love Princess Monoroke. Oh, well done, Ulysses. Eco-terrorist. There you go. Uh, Captain Planet. Eco-terrorist mm. <laughs> Captain Planet. Paladin. Paladin. Please send all Captain of your uh, complaints, Captain. complaint no, letters into Troy Sandlin at Jeeks. <laughs> that, that was what brought that to mind. Eco-terrorist. Oh, ecology, yes. Uh, protector of Captain Planet could be a, a good I got a good you. Paladin. I am with you now. I got you. Sorry, sorry, Zach. Yeah. I, I had to, no, no, had no, to throw no, that no. out there. No, that was too good, to, too good to pass up. Nah, yeah. Uh, I was thinking Optimus Prime. That was my other... Uh, yeah. Optimus, I, yeah, Prime. Optimus Prime, yeah. yes. But yeah, again, yeah. these are very leadery, like their ideology. Yeah, because they fall into it. Right? Like that's what. I, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, well, I mean, I guess Optimus Prime did. Optimus Prime really fall into leadership, or was he just? No, I guess he kind of did. Question, did you look question at for the ages. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's a really good one too, Zach. So uh, Transformers for sure. Or if you're really going there, then you're talking about like uh, Duke. Yeah, because Joe would totally mm-hmm. be one. Uh, Hannibal Paul Smurf. Rocking, it, rocking it as a paladin. Pop, no, I'm just kidding. He would be totally a druid. <laughs> what? Uh, pop, pop, uh, Papa Smurf. Jeez, <laughs> gotcha. Uh, Hannibal from, oh, from the A team. From the A team. All right, I could see that. I could see that I mean, as an he actor. Be, he, he could be a paladin because and, and he and going back to what Barry Droid about. Paladin. No, we're gonna have know, to, by the way, we're gonna have to do a, like a, a an eighties TV series converting everybody into D and D characters at some point mm. because I've got mm-hmm. feelings about that. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I know, especially right? the AT. We'll just have to do show oh. by show. Um, oh yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. I've interrupted uh, two of both of you twice now. <laughs> so sorry. But uh, talking about Bear Droid and saying you know how um, paladins cause issues and friction because they're they're supposed to be goody goody. You know, kind mm-hmm. of. I don't necessarily think so. I think it's kind of like to, to John's point, it goes back to those people that I'm going to lock in on one aspect, like with Kinder mm-hmm. and sticky fingers, I'm going to lock in on, Nope, I'm lawful good to the core. And I'm going to make sure everyone around me is, is too. Yep. That's not to me. That's you, you want to play it that way. That, that's it's your game. If your DM is cool with it, go for it. But to me, that's not really, necessary if you if you accept that Hannibal is a paladin in the A team, he knows that Face Man is some kind of a rogue or a bard mm-hmm. and knows that for the greater good to be achieved, mm-hmm. he has to be able to do his specialties too. Yes. As long as he's not, you know, so as your paladin in a D campaign, as long as you're not going to go and steal from innocent people mm-hmm. and hurt innocent people. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and sneak into that mansion and, and take some stuff so that we can fund our mission so that we can save mm. the world. Yeah. Yeah. I think that um, Hannibal was willing to look the other way when it was the greater mm-hmm. good was served by it. Yeah. And it was one of those things like, I just go do whatever you got to do. Just don't tell me about it. Don't tell me I what just, it is. You did. Yeah, where did yeah. you get that? Never, don't, no, don't tell me. But what, me. what Hannibal ended up being though, uh, all along the way was less Templar, more exemplar when it came to that. It was like, Hannibal was like, he was still the moral compass and he what was a, the true North that they could go back statement. to. <laughs> <clears throat> don't be jealous of my wordsmithing, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, like he was an example to the team. Yeah, you know, he was yeah. he, he led by example. That doesn't necessarily mean that BA is going to 
not going to lose his temper, that Murdoch's not going to act cuckoo sometimes, and that mm. the face is going to go and do things that he wouldn't necessarily approve of, but he only that. approves of it because of necessity. Mm. Mm. Oh, I didn't even see Craig's uh, Lord of the Rings question. Oh, yeah. But Boromir. It's a good call. Yeah, hands down. Yeah, yeah. And, hands that, down. And, and to me, that and it's why I, Boromir has always been my favorite character in Lord of the Rings, even though he was only in, you know, he had, he had such a cool arc and it was because of his strong belief and his oath that he was able to eventually kind of fight off the call of the ring. Hmm. And, you know, I, I, it's kind of one of those turns where, what have I done? That's, you know, oh my gosh. And then the Urukai show up and it's like, all right, you know, I, I've, I have, uh, failed in my, in my calling. I have failed in my oath to my friends. I'm not going to fail in this. And it mm. is, it is the epitome of you go, I'm holding the bridge. Mm. And that's, that is, the, uh, that scene, it, ju- it just gets me every time I see it. It's just, yes, he's going to take on the entire Urukai army by himself if he has to, but not one of those orcs are going to get past him and get those hobbits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think Ulysses is right. Lord of the Rings is tricky because it doesn't have divine classes, so you have to lean into the oath side of it. Right, the, the belief. And- the belief and and if you're going to play by the letter of the law which i know we're not um but i think it does it is very hard to make a case for any paladins because um paladins are more so committed to a a cause mm-hmm. right mm-hmm and less to a a group or an organization as it my is not that they aren't you know Organizations have causes all the time, um, but but I think for a paladin, it's more about the there is a purpose to their to their righteousness. There's a there's a thing a crusade or a deed that needs done, right? And I think the trickiness is that I think you're absolutely right. I think Boromir. I also think Faramir, especially in the book, mm-hmm. is a very paladin esque, very a, a, like very a very he, rustic. Rustic power. Well, see, in in the in the book, uh, my opinion is that they are flipped, because the book paints Boromir as looking and acting. And they're very clear, like Rohirrim. He is like hmm. the Rohan people. Faramir is the noble, reminiscent of Numenor, tall, you know, uh, you know, you know, dark and and and. Uh, proud sort of description right and and the book in fact it says that faramir is very much like denethor um and that denethor if there is a paladin in the third age presentation in the books denethor is probably the closest you get because he is presented as having a cause the retaking of osgiliath and that that he fulfills, and and I think that's a huge cool piece of him as a character in that in the book. But um, there's there's probably good answers as long as you're willing to drop it down to cause, and then you're willing to go hunting. Uh, but but the the fast good answer is definitely Boromir. I think you're right. Troy. Well, I mean, uh, 
you go to Merriam-Webster's dictionary, and Paladin <laughs> is a trusted military leader or a leading champion of a cause. There is yeah. nothing. There is nothing there about any 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 yeah. divine divinity. Yeah, divinity. that's a D and D build. Yeah, it's not a D and D build thing though. Maybe it was popularized through D and D, probably. But I think it's pretty commonly accepted throughout pop culture that paladins you look at warcraft you look mm-hmm. at a lot any of the other like final fantasy you look at any other fan like uh diablo you name it it is a divinely imbued empowered holy warrior is effectively what a what a paladin is going to end up being now wherever on the spectrum of quote-unquote holy it is wherever they get that divine power maybe it's not we could probably in D it's less about holy power and about divine power uh, I, I, but that's I where, that's where it's uh, imbued. I don't from. even think it's. I don't even think it's divine anymore. It's just belief. Now, if that belief is in a, in a divine calling of some sort, then there's a two way street mm. yeah. where where that divinity kind of can travel down. But if you're talking, you know, I, uh, a, a, I, don't, I don't even remember the subclasses now. But like like for conquest, is is you're, you're not necessarily. A, a paladin of a, of a conquesting god. You're you're the paladin of a, of a conquesting you know belief structure, mm-hmm. and so it's the power of that belief that gives you those abilities. It's coming from within, or you, your your oath of fealty to the crown, or or something. So there's no divinity coming from the king, but mm-hmm. you you believe so strongly in. The, the the righteousness of this king or, or mm-hmm. whatever you might say that that's what gives you your your inner your inner uh-huh. aura things like maybe that. well here here's the thing though one of the things that Craig mentioned earlier is what is the difference really between a knight or a paladin can they be merged between the two right so maybe that's the distinction maybe you could make that you could make that as a distinction yeah. is that a paladin is divinely imbued with power whereas a knight would be uh, would be granted their martial prowess through training and through the authority that's handed down to them from an organization or or like a, a kingship or some patriarchal or matriarchal um, organization, right? Um, I think that like uh, Ulysses is also talking a little bit about like where the, ori- the where the origins of paladins came from. We talked a little bit about Charlemagne. You also have the Teutonic Knights. You've got uh, the Templars, who um, uh, that uh, that uh, protected pilgrims, uh, Christians on their pilgrimages to the Holy Land and back, uh, things like that. So, t- to his point, like where the Paladin got its its divine yeah. connection is probably from from the Templars it's, and the Teutonic Knights and Christianity and their the its, connection yeah, there. That's where the word came out of. I think is like that's at least my understanding is that Paladin. It, it's only divine by association historically, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. right. Um, yeah. So, and I think that's um, the one thing that fifth edition D and D did right is, you know, extend that out, and it's not just by actual divinity, but by belief also. Mm-hmm. And I, I really I like that that you know that opens it up because then it gives you those, you know, peacemakers and those Captain Americas and those Thanos type characters that you can play. It, yeah. You know, you don't have to like dig through. Well, it's like which which deity in the pantheon fits. It's like, well, you don't need it. It's it is just your, you know, 
again, classes are, you know, classes in name only. You call it whatever you want as your character kind of a thing. So, yeah. Well, I think that they still, I think that you're, I think you're right. I think what they did by, by, maybe it's more of like that they assigned an oath to, to shepherd the role play of the paladin. They gave them let that fo- had them focus less on the divine aspect of it. But if you even look in like in the Oath of Conquest, they say that the typical uh, paladins are are powered by the nine hells. The archdevil Bell, the warlord of Avernus, counts on these many paladins called Hell Knights, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So even in I think in in these, if you look through Oath of Ancients, Oath of the Crown, Oath of the Open Sea, that there is a there's a still a divine aspect to it that it's imbued upon there them by be. whatever yeah. it, can, it can be. Right. But I think that to your point, they've made it, they've made it, I don't know, a word nebulous is not the word, right word, but they've kind of, they've softened the connection enough to where it's really, it can be about the oath or it could be about the divine aspect of it, yes. or it could be a combination of the two. I think <laughs> the only thing that that becomes a problem there is that when you look at the, the, the what the class features are referred to as divine sense, all paladins get that. Lay on hands. All paladins get that. Divine smite. Divine health. Uh, sacred oath feature, and on and on and on. Where this is, like even the the class features that all of them receive, there is a divine te- aspect to it, and it's not flat. Like it's not flatlined to the, or it doesn't it doesn't still doesn't detach itself from the the divinity of the class. Right, but it could also be, you know, like a new age inner divinity where that belief is so, you know, and I'm just, and I'm not at all trying to argue. I'm just uh, kind of like yeah. making sure that people understand. It's like, there's ways of, of having a divine above you or whatever that's mm-hmm. giving you this power or a divine coming from inside radiating out that gives you these class abilities and you know oh, things yeah. like that so there, there's all different and i think that's what's really cool about the 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 modern look or the modern take on the paladin it opens it up a lot to where yeah. you don't have to be tied to that you know deity on high and and performing your thing and, and making sure you follow the right tenets you can you can if that's what you if that's what you want to go for it that's awesome Mm -hmm. but if you want to do a more internal divinity thing believing in truth justice in the in the the freyrunian way go for it (laughs) (laughs) i love uh, to kind of underscore this and we'll, we'll have to wrap up pretty quick but um i i think some of the flavor text for the paladins really help if we're gonna if we're gonna bring it back to 5e and d and 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 settle it into that their aspect like look at the, some of the flavor text this one line in particular from oath of conquest it says sometimes called night tyrants or iron mongers mm-hmm. those who swear this oath gather into grim orders that serve gods or philosophies of war and well-ordered might mm-hmm. what a great sentence mm-hmm. to kind of run the gambit of what this archetype this oath can be right like you've got new words in there like new titles knight tyrant or ironmongers hello knight tyrant should have been one of the class featured descriptions it's such a cool feel right but then the idea of saying hey you can serve gods which they they list those gods then in the next 
sentence, but then also serve God's or philosophies of war and well-ordered might is such a great, like, hey, if you don't want to follow a deity as your paladin build, here's a great way to turn this into something else. Um, it's, I just love, like, they do, a, like, the paladins are one of those classes that they just, I feel like they hit on the head when yes. it comes to some of the description text that makes you be like, oh, yeah, that that's really cool. Um, gets me excited. Uh, Ulysses asks, you know, with this opening up this much latitude for the paladin on this dimension alone, does your grade go up? If we're just removing the idea of a 5e paladin and just the idea of a paladin in general as a class of character type to play. Um, probably a little bit, probably not a full letter grade, but I'd probably go up to a B plus from a B. Um, yeah, probably so. I still like wizards a lot more. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I think, I think a little bit. John? If I didn't have to worry about the mechanics of it and I could like the re re-engineer the mechanics, I'd give it an A. So I'd give it a strong A between that and the cleric. Those are probably easily the two that I would, I would jump to first. I just thought those are the ones that I gravitate towards the, the most. Not to say, I mean, I, I play other classes like to your, like for you, uh, Zach, I really love playing a wizard. Love playing a wizard, but uh, but paladins and clerics, man, those are home. Mm-hmm. I, I think for me, um, it might go up. I already gave it an A minus. It might go up a bit, depending on the DM and the campaign. If you're if the DM is just like you're, you're playing your class, you're doing your thing, cool. Or if if it's you, you have to travel to take your oath. You have to, you know, do those extra steps to make it an interactive thing. Then my grade might go up, but that doesn't really mean the paladin. It's more the how the paladin <laughs> is pre- presented. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, I think we did we did this discussion, uh, this class discussion, some justice. Um, Divine justice. <laughs> <laughs> so uh i think we're gonna wrap it up there um what does this mean so uh, if you've made it this far then you get a sneak peek into our our agenda for uh the coming week um since we've wrapped up paladins next week uh bare minimum we're going to do a kickstarter roundup on sunday mm-hmm. um everything after that is in limbo so um, I don't know if we'll have an episode on Tuesday or not. Gary Khan is that week, and I'm not quite sure when everybody is going to be unavailable. But there may yeah. be a live show, but there probably won't. That probably won't get turned into a podcast right mm-hmm. away. Yeah, it might my, take a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, after that, um, we've kind of worked our way through a collection of our show topics that we had. Um, but I can kind of give some hints. Um, uh, one of the topics that I think we're we're leaning into talking about soon, once maybe once we come back from Gary Khan, is John again proposed. Uh, uh, <laughs> He's full of it. I mean, full of it. I am full of it. That's for sure. Battle of the Systems. Can there be only one? Is the title mm-hmm. that he pitched out there. Um, and then I think we pitched a couple others over the last few days. Quite a few. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
we've got some got some stuff that we've really been wanting to cover for a while kind of geared up and and ready and then got some new ideas from from new games so uh always stuff in the hopper right on right on <clears throat> all right well let's uh let's call it there hey uh let's give a shout out here to ulysses and to craig and to Velenez and to bear droid um and um um there are some folks kind of lurking in the background as well, which we also appreciate just giving us the time of day uh, at and Commander Root, Elysian, uh, Violets, and uh, Xylane. Thank you so much for hanging out. Can't forget Girk. And, oh, yeah. And of course, Girk. Goodness. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys. Thanks, folks, so much. And uh, I guess we'll see you next time. Hard work pays off, dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. Play great games. Have a good night. Oh, my God. How am I, where, where do I go from here? Um, thanks, everybody. Stay safe. <laughs> <sighs> hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode and you want to continue the conversation with us, go ahead and head on over to our Discord. There's a link in the show notes, and you can always shoot us a message on Facebook to get a link there as well. Uh, While you're at it, if you wouldn't mind, give us a like on Facebook. Give us a subscription over here on your podcast feed. Uh, Give us a review and some stars while you're at it. That would be awesome. That's the way we get in front of more people. And if you want to watch a live show, we're live almost every Sunday and Tuesday on Twitch and YouTube. And you can find links to all of that right there in the Discord. We'll see you next time.